Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sidewalk Talk. I'm Steve Fortunato, founder of Shovel the Sidewalk. We're a marketing firm in Buffalo, New York. Uh, we work with small businesses. Uh, we help them build their brands. We create their advertising, and we do it all through authentic storytelling, and that's how we started this podcast. Um, the audio and video are a little bit different than usual. If you're watching on YouTube, obviously, thanks to technology, we're able to do things uh, uh, we can we can have this podcast uh, right over uh, the internet, um, and we are uh, audio wise. It might not be the best, as uh, but it is what it is. We are living in different times, but we're going to continue to tell stories and figure out ways to help people, in particular people that are living here in Western New York. And uh, this is our first podcast that we're doing not in person. Uh, we are practicing social distancing. Uh, trying to do the right thing. And we're also breaking a rule in that we are having a guest that does not have an affiliation with Western New York. Well, I guess he kind of does. His name is Bob Maybach. He is the chief of the Goose Creek Rural Fire Department. His connection is that he's been a friend of mine for more than 30 years. We went to college together. But he is in Goose Creek, South Carolina. And I thought it would be great to talk to him uh, get his input uh, on the current situation and offer any kind of uh, advice um, to us as Western New Yorkers and people around the country and around the world and, and how they can uh, best get through the situation um, and, and move forward in life. Uh, so, Chief, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you having me on and uh, uh, hope everybody's doing well up there. Well, hey, so we, we are. We're, we're, you know what? Um, I have discussions with people. We've, I've done a lot of talking in the last week and what we've realized is that uh, you 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 have to have a you have to be rational here right uh, nobody wins by panicking and so i know this i i can't predict what's going on here in the in the short term long i you know or how long this situation is going to be but i am 100% confident 100% confident that eventually we'll get back to normal i don't know what that normal is going to be we might have a new normal right uh, but it is definitely going to come back. I, I just have confidence in, 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 uh, in science, in the brain power that we have in the United States uh, and, and the people. And there's no doubt in my mind that, that things will get back to normal. But we can help get it there by doing the social distancing and et cetera and practicing good hygiene. Oh, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, what, what is it so down out in South Carolina? What, what, you know, we have, as of today's recording, today is uh, March 18th, 2020. Uh, we live in, uh, we're in Buffalo in Erie County, uh, New York. We have 20 known cases. Um, how about you guys down in, uh, in your county, down in uh, Goose Creek, South Carolina? Well, we're in Berkeley County. Okay. And thus far, uh, we have had uh, 47 positive cases statewide with uh, one fatality uh, in 13 of the 55 counties and we've only had one documented case here in Berkeley County. So right now we are uh, we are we are well uh, like you said you know the best the best tool at this time is education understanding what is going on around you understanding how to how to process the information and make sure the information you're getting is good. We have uh, a lot of folks both locally and statewide uh, 
that are providing us uh, a, a lot of information, but they're but they're able to boil it down into the 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 parts that are applicable. They're breaking down the science and they're explaining. We're trying to diffuse the situation as best we can. Uh, but as with anything in today's world, that information changes uh, rapidly. So we just have to be prepared as emergency responders, especially we have to be prepared as that information changes to shift our, our focus, shift our efforts and provide the best possible service we can. So Chief, that's why I want to talk to you because you're the voice of reason, right? You're a good person. Anyone that, you know, you, you, you're chief of uh, you guys there without volunteers, uh, your fire department doesn't exist. And the volunteers are obviously there's people fighting fires, uh, but there's also volunteers that are helping uh, with the IT, you know, volunteers uh, for any fire department uh, and emergency personnel. They're, they're, you know, what you guys do in normal times is just, uh, you know, we can't, we can't thank you enough and we appreciate, we appreciate all of our, our police, our fire, these, these people, uh, uh, the, the uh, healthcare providers and the, and the people in the emergency rooms. Um, uh, but you guys have something in you that you want to help people. It's something special, okay? Uh, in a time like this, uh, how are you getting through it? Well, I mean, it's, it, it, it can be a little, you're also human beings. Um, but fires aren't going to stop because there's a virus, there's a pandemic, you know? Uh, you know, there aren't, isn't going to be a need for emergency services just because there's, there's a pandemic. There are still going to be emergencies outside of the pandemic. What is it that we can do to help you? Again, the, the education aspect is important uh, to understand um, your, yourself, your personal condition. Uh, if you don't feel well, there are opportunities. Uh, you have the ability to reach out um, by phone, by computer, to your physician's office and get some information from them. Um, at this time, the, the most important thing is um, to not overtax the 911 system. Okay. So is that what's, are people, uh oh, I have a cough, I got to call 911. Is that what's happening? Or are you saying that could happen and you're trying to stop that from happening? We are seeing some of that. Uh, most of the dispatch centers in our region have gone into um, specific protocols to gather additional information above and beyond what they normally obtain, uh, specifically to the, the illness, uh, as far as you know, asking you know, for symptomology. What, what, what are you, why are you calling? What is driving you to call? Um, and, and eventually, I see us evolving to where um, if a person does call 911, they may be directed to go back to their personal physician uh, to seek uh, further care because they, based off of the information they're providing, they may not meet the criteria for an emergency response to get an ambulance, to get a, to get a fire truck to their home. So just asking again, use your, use, use your common sense, use your knowledge and your, your, uh, your education to your advantage 
and ask the right people the right questions. Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, a lot of times people, they, you know, they, they, may, they may not feel well, but they don't want to be placed in a category, uh, become another statistic, so they won't they'll withhold information. Um, my crew encountered an incident just the other day. Uh, the initial response was, it came out as one thing, but when they arrived on scene and started asking specific questions, um, the patient then divulged that they had been experiencing flu-like symptoms for a couple of days. You know, if that, you know, that information probably needed to be given to the dispatcher who could then provide the responders with the right information so that we could approach the situation properly. Uh, fortunately, the symptomology was, was not as presented. Um, they were transported to the hospital, no further incident, no further follow-up needed, and, and everybody's okay. But, you know, the, again, as you said earlier, these are different times. Um, and in our country, we've gone through a lot in the last two decades or more. And, you know, we need to be we need to be smart about the, the actions we take and how we approach things. And I think uh, you know, we will come out okay on the other side because we do have a lot of, a lot of smart people working on things for us. So, and, and thanks for the positive reinforcement. Um, again, voice of reason, Chief Bob Maybach. We're talking with Chief, he is uh, uh, with the Goose Creek Rural Fire Department in Goose Creek, South Carolina. Uh, and this is Sidewalk Talk. Uh, my takeaway so far, Chief, then, is two things. Number one, if you have a cough or if you feel, if you're, if, if you're thinking you may have the flu or you may have uh, COVID-19, don't call 911. Uh, go ahead and call your primary care physician because, as we said before, um, 911, those emer emergencies are still going to happen with or without COVID-19. So, don't call 911. And then also, uh, if you are, if if you are, if you are calling 911, to make sure that you're you are honest and giving relevant information. In other words, if you think you may be uh, may have uh, been stricken with COVID-19, to let the the call the the uh, person on the other end at 911 know because then they can make the proper decisions on who to send out there, right? Exactly. Okay. And it also allows us to be, to be prepared right. uh, to protect ourselves because with this, um, with this, Ill, this, this, this virus, it, it, can, it has a long incubation period, which means even though you, you might be exposed and you might not have a symptom, you might never exhibit any symptoms, but you can potentially carry this along. And if a responder is exposed and doesn't realize they've been exposed and they continue to work, the potential is there for them to carry it to the next call and the next call and pass it on to their coworkers, which could, you know, if a, if a department and we have seen some, we have read some, some situations where departments have seen uh, a higher than usual uh, call out for illness. Um, it could potentially uh, uh, impact 
uh, uh, department's ability to respond, whether it's EMS, fire, or law enforcement to respond to emergencies. What about, I, I know um, volunteerism is, is critical in, in, in uh, your business. Um, you're always looking for, for volunteers. Um, that's not going to stop. That's not going to stop now either, right? So, so we ask. I ask you, what can we do for you? I would assume. If I'll let you answer that, I would assume you're going to tell me if you feel like you could volunteer for your local, uh, whatever fire department, uh, whatever the situation is, to still do it. Is that another message that you want out there? Certainly. Um, if you have the want and the desire to help, this is especially a time where that is, that is important. Uh, the, your community could use you uh, on, uh, in any task, on any level. They can use you and just know that, I, and I, I speak for myself in this, in this regard, you know, my staff, we sat down last night and we went through um, a number of different scenarios, but ultimately it all comes back to keeping our people safe. So we educate them, we communicate with them, um, we share the information, and we ask them to um, be educated. I, I said that at the beginning, the, the biggest uh, tool we have is, is education. So we try to educate our own people and and to circle back to, to the point you know, if you feel like you can, you can help and you want to help, don't be afraid to, to join in. This is a, this is a time where, you know, as, as with any, any type of a natural disaster or a, or a significant event, um, all hands on deck. So we could use the help. I'm sure uh, those agencies in your community could use the help, whether it's the Red Cross, the fire department, the local rescue squad, what it, whatever it is, and whatever you can do, they'll, they they need you. So, last question, and we'll wrap it up. If I, you know, in your situation, okay, someone's like, well, I I don't I don't want to go fight fires, um, you know, or I can't be an MT. I what, what? But there's a lot more that goes into. Uh, offering these services than than those people on the front lines that are actually you know out there risking their lives every day. What other things could uh, community members bring, for example, to uh, in in what what services could they provide to their volunteer fire department? It starts, I think, uh, general clerical admin type activities. Uh, uh, buildings and grounds, keeping the uh, keeping the facility up and running. Uh, I'm, I joked uh, with a reporter not too long ago that you know, if I could find a guy who just wanted to come in once a week and change light bulbs, I'm good with that. Uh, I'm 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 not of the computer age. I could use a guy who has skills in information technology because that is that drives everything that we do. Um, if you just want to come in, uh, there are agencies that utilize those with teaching skills to help with their training programs. Whether you're teaching the general public first aid and CPR, 
or you're helping to coordinate classes to train the firefighters on how to do their job. Um, you know, we've seen examples of that in a, in a lot of agencies where you bring in a uh, somebody with a teaching background. While it may not look like it is something that could work, um, teachers bring a totally different skill set. They know how to organize classrooms. They know how to uh, present lesson plans. They know how to create lesson plans. Um, firefighters, uh, we're a, we're a we're a jack of all trades and sometimes we're a master of none. Um, we sometimes need that kind of help. And if, if you have something to offer, uh, financial management, uh, you know, my, my job as a fire chief encompasses a significant amount of stuff that doesn't even, doesn't even get me out of the office uh, from keeping track of budgets, to you know, managing finances, managing contracts, handling insurance claims. Uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to say that it's glamorous and I get to go out and do a lot of stuff in the field, but there's, uh, there's probably about 60% of this operation that um, can be done by, by a lot of people with a, a lot bigger skill sets than my own. So if someone listening or watching this says, you know, I want to help, um, whether they're down in South Carolina or up in Buffalo, New York, what should they do? Go visit the fire station. Just go in? Okay. Just go in. Uh, one thing I will tell you about firefighters, um, and this is probably the, the hardest thing we are dealing with. I would say right now is, is most firefighters are people person. They like people. They want to be, you know, involved in what's going on. And, and you know, even now with the social distancing, it, it's, it's a little bit of an issue. We, did, we had a family walk up to the station on Saturday and their child wanted to climb in the fire truck. So we let him mm -hmm. and, you know, it, but that's, that's who we are. So if you walk into the fire station, first of all, I, you're going to be greeted by more than one person. I'm sure of that. And the next question is they're going to ask how you're doing. And I would say I'm doing well and I'm here to help and let it go from there. It's uh, you know, I think in a, in a lot of organizations, uh, and I grew up in a fire department where everybody had a role. Not everybody fought fire. You know, you had some that drove the truck, but you had still many others that did the, the work that, that nobody saw. Uh, the guys who cleaned up and made the place look presentable. And they would do that on a daily basis because that's their contribution. So I would say go in and you're going to be welcome regardless because um, we are all about the community. Uh, go in and ask, what can I do to help? There's also and the, click, the text, right? Click people, open there. What about the people that have to fix the truck? Someone has to do that. Exactly. Yeah. So if you have that skill set, we are, we're always in need of people uh, to do 
the stuff other than fight fire. We sure we sure do need firefighters, but there's there's countless other jobs that need to get done, and we could use people to do those. All right, Chief Bob Maybach, Goose Creek Rural Fire Department down in Goose Creek, South Carolina. A friend of mine for many years, really good man, and works with really good people. Thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for being the voice of reason. I uh, appreciate you, uh, Chief, and um, uh, we'll be uh, talking more, especially when I need uh, need someone to uh, to calm us down and to know that things are going to be okay because they are. Uh, so anyway, thanks again, Chief. Uh, that's it for, uh, for this edition of, of Sidewalk Talk. You can download all of our Sidewalk Talk podcasts on your podcast platform of choice, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, whatever, but you can also watch any of our podcasts by visiting our website, uh, shovelthesidewalk.com. Also, if you or someone you know wants to be a guest on our show because you have a story that needs to be shared or you have... Uh, some type of information, especially in, in, in the time it is now, um, and you think it's information that people need, it's going to help people, uh, let me know. And uh, because of this amazing technology, uh, we'll go ahead and, 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 and communicate that information to, to anybody out there that wants to, to consume it. So, uh, but we have a, a form on our website that you can just, uh, you can fill out and we'll be in touch with you. So thanks again for listening. And for watching, thanks again to Chief Bob Maybach from the Goose Creek Rural Fire Department. Uh, thanks for participating. I'm Steve Fortunato, and this has been Sidewalk Talk.